Welcome to What's Next in Web3, where we look at the impact of Web3 on all areas of our life. This show is for entrepreneurs, builders, and consumers who want to discover the latest innovations in Web3 and learn where to build next. I'm your host, Brittany, Executive Director of the Stacks Foundation. Stacks makes it possible to build more with Bitcoin. To learn more, check out stacks.co. Each week, we are joined by expert builders in different industries to understand what can be built next. Shows are hosted weekly on Twitter Spaces, so join us live next time by following Stacks on Twitter. Now it's time for the show. So today in What's Next in Web3, we'll be talking about social wallets. Um, so if you're new to that term, sort of you know, imagine combining a hardware wallet, but with a more shareable experience. And I'm very excited to have the writer team. Um, for full disclosure, the writer team actually took a grant from the Stacks Foundation early on. Um, the team members have worked at the foundation, um, Marvin and Luis. Um, I've also committed to being a, a small, very small uh, investor and writer as well. I'm a big believer in what they're doing and what they're pushing forward. So um, really just wanted to make this space about the potential of social wallets and why they're so interesting. Um, so Ryder does have some very exciting uh, news coming up, but I want to continue to center on like, what does this mean for builders? You know, what can entrepreneurs do with this information and how might it change the landscape because it makes it more accessible and easy to use crypto assets or NFTs in real world experiences. So I'm very excited to be joined by the Ryder team today, uh, represented by Lewis. So I'd love if you could just give a quick intro of Rider, what it is, and the tooling it provides. Well, thank you so much for having me, Brittany. Uh, I appreciate it. And so in a nutshell, Rider, we call it the world's first social wallet. And we would love to bring the frictionless experience to crypto. So one tap to actually save, swap, and recover your assets. That's my little pitch. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, I feel like it's very timely um, mm -hmm. because this week we saw, you know, Ledger created something called Stacks, uh, which, you know, it's S-T-A-X. <laughs> but obviously we love the word at the foundation, Stacks. Um, but Stacks is, you know, an upgraded version of a security hardware wallet. It's meant to make it easy to visualize, you know, an NFT on the external part of the drive. Um, they're very slick looking. Like I have an old school ledger. It's very boring. <laughs> and the new one yeah. looks very cool. Um, mm -hmm. So I think there's a this increased focus on hardware wallets, um, maybe per going beyond just the utility and actually doing a little bit more. Um, even like with CASA, which is another device used for securing your crypto. Um, mm -hmm. Traditionally, it was only for Bitcoin. Now they actually open it up to Ethereum, which means a whole host of other assets can be sort of secured with um, their hardware. Both of these announcements have been this week. The Rider launch I know is coming up as well. And I think it's just this movement towards more self-custody. Uh, but that just feels like kind of the first layer, uh, you know, like secure your keys. But then like making them actually useful in the real world to me is the exciting part. And I want to hear more about that um, from you, Luis, about you know, why do you think this is something um, necessary today? And why do you think all of these improvements are coming? Or why are we hearing all of this, these upgraded hardware announcements at this time? 
No, this is this, this such a good and um, what I call this like viewpoint on like the entire crypto landscape. I think there's a big more focus when it comes to hardware, especially with the current fiasco or what we call it the crypto circus, you know, especially with FTX collab and then people starting to realize, okay, there's a reason. I think we all went to the space for two reasons, right? Being decentralized and self-custodial and people are realizing the importance of it because of the current happenings. It's always important to have your keys because we have this saying in crypto, not your keys, not your coins, right? So I, that's why there's a lot of big push for Ledger, Kaza, and us going at it. A shout out to the guys at Ledger because it proves everything that we do at Rider. So for them going to release Stacks, it's so funny because I always feel like it's a full circle with like Stacks, Ledger, and Rider, the names as well. Shout out to the guys at Ledger because for them actually releasing their new hardware wallet, which is focusing on NFT, signifies a lot on the thesis of Rider because by the end of the day, Rider was actually created to leverage the culture and community in crypto while making everything more, I call it chic, sexy, and fun. So, yeah. Um, and I love, <laughs> yeah. I love crypto circus reference. And then, yeah, like yeah, making things sexy. I think actually there was a great Wired article about mm-hmm. Ledger um, stacks and particularly calling out that they wanted it to feel sexy. They wanted it to feel mm-hmm. like something you want to show off um, and, you know, carry around with you. I still see the limits with Ledger is that it's something that you, even with the stacks, like you have this device, it has your keys on it, so you can show it off. But then when you need to use it, you need to either like go on your laptop or your mm-hmm. phone and, um, you know, secretly cover the screen and type in your keys. And so it's it's functional, but it's still, you know, kind of a utility accessory um, to the security where I think with this social wallet idea with Rider, it's a little bit different. Um, so maybe you can describe to people kind of how it looks or how it works. Um, you know, I've seen it look sort of like an Apple Watch. Um, yeah. But how would people actually use it in the real world? Yeah, this is good. I, I think I want to give a special shout out to our brilliant human-centered designers because for us, the North Star was always, okay, how do we bring Web3 to the next billion users? How do I bring my friends into Web3? How do I bring my mom? And for them, it's always, by the end of the day, the device should just blend in with their lifestyle. That's why we design Rider that way. So we try to leverage a human-centered element, action, what we call it, tapping, and then you bring it into Web3. And when you combine those things, that means you're able to have the kind of growth vehicle for adoption. So for us at Rider, that's why one tap to just send a transaction, one tap to enter a space, and then one tap to recover your assets. That's the main difference between hardware wallets out there. Because, I mean, you and you and I, Brittany, have been in space for so long that you actually see how consumers evolve. And right now, if you look at closely, shout out to my guys, Dasher and Matt Wave. Clem is also in, in, in the space from Overlords. Because if you look at their customer profile and you dig in deeper, all of these people in crypto now, they're probably own around like $3,000 to $5,000 worth of NFT. They're not really interested in DeFi. They, cares, they go all in when it comes to art, culture, and community. And all of them wants real-life social interaction. Now, the question is, none of the wallets today are designed for these use cases or for this customer profile. 
that's where writer comes in. It's the combination of in bit something in between, in between software and hot wallets. That's writer. So people like Dashun, Clem, and Matt can actually use their identity or NFT to enter a space, have a transaction, and also recover their asset in the case of loss. And that is just the beginning of the use cases that you can actually implement when you embed your identities with what we call NFC in hardware, all while being decentralized and self-custodial. Yeah, I was, I was talking to someone earlier um, who works in the DeFi gaming space, and they were saying that they've seen more hacks to ch- for people to try and steal NFTs than people trying to steal Bitcoin. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've seen the prices go up and down of NFTs, but just how personally valuable they are to people because it usually is a form of self-expression and they want um, to showcase it or it's important to how they show up online or the communities they have access to. So it, it was really interesting to me to think about, you know, the value may not be a monetary value that you're securing. It, it could be something much more personal. And so creating yeah, custom experiences for that type of security, I think is, is really key. And, you know, I've seen it um, even last week being at Miami Art Basel, there were a number of, you know, token gated experiences. Like if you hold certain NFTs, you could get access or special VIP access to certain events. Um, But it still, you know, didn't really translate. Like you'd have to go to your laptop and, uh, you know, get a certain QR code that you would then carry on your phone. But it wasn't very portable. So I'm just, you know, I want to hear some of your thoughts on like where this space could potentially go. Because my immediate thought goes to, well, I could show up at a physical event and like, you know, have my R, um, have my rider hardware device on my wrist and kind of tap in and be able to access the event without putting my assets at risk. Um, is that what you see? Are there other pieces that you think maybe there's new business models because people are able to build around um, the portability of these uh, assets and NFTs? Yeah, I think security by general is very hard hard to get especially in crypto i mean there's ways around it so for example right now if you go to like an nft event you probably have like a centralized server that generates the qr code for you but by the end of the day you trust this centralized service and for us look what it gets us with ftx you can't really trust any centralized solution in crypto in crypto, I mean, that's my opinion, so always debatable. And for us, the not sexy pitch of Ryder ever before we even began was self-sovereign identity. You actually have the power of all over your assets. We try to position it in a way, okay, how do we actually make self-sovereign super sexy to my friends? So that means try to product position it in a way that it's a lifestyle brand. And I think there's going to be more and more companies in crypto that's going to eliminate all the technical jargons. What we see as trend, for example, one good good use case is Reddit. Reddit tried to eliminate all the NFT terms and they just call it digital collectibles. And they actually succeeded in it by onboarding millions of people in the space. Another trend that we see as well is blending realities. I usually give an example of, imagine if Brittany, okay, let's do Pokemon Go. I think Pokemon Go is a brilliant <laughs> example. Imagine if Brittany is a Pokemon trainer and wants to become a Pokemon master <laughs> in New York City. And you have this writer that could actually unlock all these in real life experiences, right? Because the vision for writer was always, okay, you bring your on-chain asset within the physical domain 
And then you, we also have this what we call rider digital twin NFC tags. And maybe you put these tags in the Liberty or the New York Museum or wherever in New York. And when you actually pass by all these landmarks, you're able to unlock a digital collectible. And then when you're able to all complete all this landmark, you become like a Pokemon master. And that's, I think, what's going to be a trend in the next coming years, especially with hardware wallet, combining social element and bringing all these on-chain assets within the physical domain. Because in order to get to metaverse, there's something in between. And nobody is actually building that something in between. How do we actually bring everything on-chain within the physical world? Because right now, there's a big disparity. Everybody's going on the metaverse, which... Let's be honest here, it's not the best experience. I think the last thing that I want after COVID <laughs> is to spend my time on my PC for another eight hours with my avatar. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I do want to become a Pokemon master, so please make this possible. <laughs> but I think it's also, I mean, you know, when you walk around um, New York City, you do see a lot of collective communities are that care a lot about culture and you know some of this is like the very consumer culture like you walk by the kith store or you walk by the supreme store and there's folks who are standing in line trying to get access they want you know special treatment you know having a way to create those unique experiences um, and being able to bridge that physical like showing up and get a getting a physical prod uh, product from them to me is like an obvious place where those brands want to further connect and those fans and those communities want to further represent both in the real world by wearing these brands and maybe in the digital world, like sort of showing off that self-expression, showing off the things that are very important to them. So I think there is this, you know, increasing online representation using PFPs of what you represent and who you are but when that doesn't translate back to the physical world it kind of feels disconnected so i'm with you i think it's we're moving more and more in that direction um of you know self-expression being important maybe even more important than like just your identity or maybe those two things become one so like with this though i mean so you guys have a device you know we've, we've heard about casa and ledger those allow people just to have any types of assets. Do you see, you know, an opportunity for entrepreneurs to like build on top of the hardware that you guys have? Or how should they think about um, being able to create experiences and uh, tapping into this technology that now exists? That's an amazing question. So I usually do the comparison of Matamas to Rider. So, for example, if MetaMask unlock end users' adoption online by actually enabling thousands of startups to build Web3 online, Rider will do the same, right? So, with Rider, everybody could actually build on top of it. For example, um, credentials, point of sales, and the list goes on and on. And that is just the beginning. And I think what's more interesting, especially, is for big brands. So with big brands, there's a lot of potential, especially with digital NFC tags and provenance. And you can develop a lot of, like, in-real-life community-tailored experiences for it. Yeah, I love the idea of, like, tapping 
into a place and getting like an NFT or like a PO app. Um, so it's not just about the assets you already have, but it's about collecting them and adding to them. And I think that does create new opportunities for businesses that want to do that, whether it's like custom customizing that for certain brands or creating unique types of assets you can kind of collect along the way. Um, could be really cool. I know there's already some teams trying to do this with like using QR codes, but I feel like the NFC technology, that sort of seamless tapping in or um, even being able to be recognized if you kind of enter a specific space, they already know uh, that you're a member there or something. Um, you know, Empire DAO is this great co-working space um, that we support in in Soho. And I could imagine, you know, they have these doors that kind of open. And if you could use the NFC uh, wallet to just get in, that would make it much easier than kind of going through the pin code and um, representing yourself in that way. So I think it's hard to see exactly what it is, but I do think that, you know, people who are thinking about those localized hardware Pairing it then with a crypto wallet could be really cool, kind of like your MetaMask example. Yeah, I agree. I think just for a note for all the people in the call, you're probably wondering, oh, why are they creating a separate device when you can do it on your phone as well? Because for us, your phone, your PC is a large attack vector. There's a reason why we still get pish. Um, and hack, right? Because then the moment that your device is connected on the internet, you're susceptible to attack. And the only way to prevent it is by creating a separate device that has the, when it comes to architecture, is very simple. And when you have simplicity in design, that means you have the highest security. And that's what Rider is all about. So Rider, by design, doesn't have any Bluetooth, doesn't have Wi-Fi, always off the chain, it just have NFC, secure enclave, and an LED screen. And it does one thing very well, and that is to sign and, and send transactions. That's it. Yeah, I think it's a great point of like a single use for a hardware device. Um, you know, I remember sort of seeing this, you know, initial grant come through. It's like hardware, uh, like that's a really hard place to enter. Um, you know, and like I said, I think it's recently it's becoming more sexy and cool mm -hmm. for people to show off some of their uh, secure hardware um, like you guys are doing. But I do think it is so important it's, it, to uh, create these more secure experiences. Yeah, I agree. I think the only the, the, the struggle for us as a team and as a company is there's always a bad connotation when, when you're doing a hardware startup. And I think, um, shout out to Kayak who actually said it to me. He said, like, you guys have so much balls for doing hardware because hardware means hardware for a reason. It's tough to actually pull through. But we were confident within the team that we have as well with Marvin, Freecher, even Julian, who's joining, who joined us recently, who launched the most successful Kickstarter campaign. We were confident that we can actually bring it to the market. And yeah, and I think for us, the dream was always, what is the thing that we could actually build in order to push the needle and unlock more value? Because if we're being honest here with the skill set and experience that we have as a team at Rider, we could actually build a protocol tomorrow and do the same thing. But for us, it doesn't move the needle because we always felt like there's a lot of team that focuses on the protocol level, but few on the user level. And if we're building something in the space, we wanted to actually push the needle for adoption. 
That's great. And can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, what price point will this be at or how would people be able to obtain one if they're interested and like want to either tinker with it or experiment with it um, or just use it in their daily life? Yeah, so the hardware is coming closer, but we're much further with the software. So the software is actually available for download in your Mac, Windows, and Linux. You can go to our blog, and or you can ping me on Discord. I can send you the link for it. But if you want to participate, we're actually selling the first 5,003 devices this Saturday. And of course, we do it in a Web3 way where you actually pledge 299 dollars in ethereum or stacks and you get a digital collectible each with their own unique benefits and the unique benefits are uh, of course a rider device comes with it and plus you get a memorabilia a free luxury merch i'm gonna name drop the the brands that we're collaborating we're actually collaborating with a local independent brand in amsterdam called studio scarf you can have a rider scarf and the next one is the merch collection will be actually done by soho ski club you can search them in hypebeast they're an independent brand as well in new york and there's going to be a shades and the tagline will be are you riding with us to a better web three and lastly there's also domain names and all this kind of stuff because for us it's always we want to become like the lifestyle brand of crypto so yeah if you want to participate guys just go to rider.id and the price point for that is 299 of course it's going to be probably lower when we go to manufacturing it's 299 because you're going to have a lot of benefits and yeah you can get on the inner works workings of rider and you get to chat with me and all of the founders as well Cool. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly in line with the the ledger stacks pricing. I think it was released at two seventy nine. So, do you think it's like, um, you know, that kind of price point um, seems, you know, very reasonable, especially when people are securing hundreds or thousands, <laughs> or you know, in the case of some things like board apes, like millions of dollars worth of um, NFTs or like sort of crypto assets. So very interesting. It's very exciting to hear. Um, so, you know, Ryder is bringing like stacks assets, you know, more Bitcoin assets um, into the real world. But like what other things just in general are you excited to see in this space um, being built or what you wish was built that doesn't exist yet? I know that you're like a big degen, so you're always on the forefront of the cool culture things. Um, but I'm just curious what things are getting you excited outside of the rider world. Yeah, and definitely I'm like a total DJ and I'm always like first on things. And I think what I'm most excited about is like big brands coming onto the space and there's a lot of them. So for example, I had a call I think two weeks ago with Boteca Veneta and they're also trying to go into like Web3 and trying to understand it in a way that how can they unlock value? I think that's super interesting. And for them, the the things that they said was, um, for them, it's not about revenue. It's all about brand recognition. So how can they actually increase their brand value by going into Web3? I think those brands and their community activation will be super interesting in the next coming months. Aside from that, I'm always interested on like the multi-chain play. So for me, I'm always curious, okay, how do we abstract all these chains chains so that a normal person doesn't really know what's going on i think one protocol that probably does it very well was polygon because reddit the underlying chain for reddit and it's collectible was polygon so i'm just pretty fascinated on how they did it and then maybe there's a scenario where 
you know, you can secure these Reddit collectibles on Bitcoin, then it's going to be through Stacks. I'm always, always fascinated and curious if there's people building on what we call the abstraction layers in crypto. How can we actually abstract all these technical jargons into layman's term? I think that's going to be super interesting, aside from like end user application, such as Rider. I love that. Yeah, and I, you know, I love this, like, sort of theme of culture and user adoption. Um, You know, I think this last year, the past year, it's felt a lot of, like, everyone's only focused on yield Mm -hmm. versus, you know, going forward. It's a a lot more about, like, what does sharing look like or what does expression look like? Um, And I'm with you. I'm very excited about getting more users in. And I think it starts with people you know, with digital collectibles, being excited about certain um, art or certain uh, creative tools or um, even getting involved because they want to play games and there's like the entertainment aspect to it. So it goes beyond just like, where's the money to be made? (laughs) So it's really nice to hear the evolution of thinking and um, yeah, just figuring out how do we pull those new users in. I agree. I think one good use case as well that's coming out is social network. I feel like us at Stacks or like before Blockstack, we were trying to do social networks, but the timing wasn't perfect. But right now you see a lot of applications in Web3 that's token native and not token native that are actually succeeding. One of the best examples I could give is Favor from Lens of Stani and then the guys at Farcaster. Both of them have different implementation on the user application level, but both are like kind of interesting. So for example, Favor is also a social media network and then it uses your identity, but basically their proposition is token everything. So when you post, like, comment, you get something out of it, a token. Meanwhile, the Farcaster guys, who was actually made by the guys from Coinbase and Tinder, they did it Web2 style. Web2 style meaning no tokens involved. And all they do is try to integrate what does an NFT platform social network look like? So that's what they did with Forecaster, which I think is super interesting. Also, the growth strategy for both applications is different. Forecaster, in a nutshell, is like the Raya of crypto. You get invited (laughs) to go in, which I like because I feel more... Oh, it's like exclusive. I'm like going to Soho House and, uh, you know, only cool kids can get in. And I think we're going to see more and more use cases when it comes to exclusivity, especially with social network, which I think is pretty fascinating, especially how they grow. People actually go for it. They want it because they have, I think, a 5% daily average user growth every week, which is pretty cool for a social network in Web3. And then I know Forecaster of Sunny also does. You can't just get the identity. You have to work for it. But for me, what puzzles me the most is does everybody in the world will want to work for to get into Web3 or it should be the other way around. We make it more accessible. So I'm just interested on those use cases in the next coming months and years as well. Yeah, and I think that's like, you know, Rider kind of fits in the piece of like, you know, it's a social wallet, but sort of these social networks that we're building and ways to connect to other people is what's really driving the innovation there and, and making those things easier. So I think it completely aligns um, with that. Well, I do want to open up to some questions, but um, I did want to just uh, make sure people know to follow Rider ID, um, check out their 
um, their upcoming, I guess, the mints, right? So um, in order for folks to mint on Saturday launch date, do they need stacks? Um, or you said they need Ethereum. What's the, how yeah. do they make sure and get ready for yeah. the launch? So in order to get ready for the launch, you can use Ethereum or Stacks. And we actually make four wallets available. I need to confirm with Marginal Future. They're going to hate me if it's not right. But you can connect with your Hero Wallet, Metamask, Coin, Coin, um, Coinbase Wallet, or like Wallet Connect. I need to confirm with Coinbase and Wallet Connect. But I'll let you guys know tomorrow because they're still working. Everybody's working hard at the writer team. I'm just here to preach the good news. So uh, yeah, you can participate by having 299 USD in Ethereum or Stacks on Saturday. The drop is 2 p.m. EST. So mark your calendars, everybody. And if you don't have a whitelist, you can still go to our website, drop your email and your address, and then we'll make sure to actually whitelist you. This And it's actually going to get cut off tomorrow lunchtime. So if not, there's always the next round, guys. But we would love for you to be a part of the first 5,000 people who's going to support Wider because for us, we imagine a scenario where every where all of these 5,000 can actually dictate what, what a Web3 hardware organization looks like. And then you're going to know, for example, because right now when it comes, I'm going to give a little bit of preface on hardware companies. I watched a documentary about Boeing like the past few weeks. So right now when it comes to hardware companies, their responsibility is not with their consumer, but with their shareholders. That's why you see a lot of upgrades every year because by the end of the day they're for profit they always want to go the revenue and there's not much changes in engineering the set you could say the same for boeing and apple as a company boeing the airplane company hasn't changed its design for 40 years and that actually happened when they turned private the same for apple apple as a company barely changed their design they just upgrade another camera maybe resize it small bigger right so that's how they actually make money as a company for us as a hardware organization in web3 we could actually change it by changing the dynamic between product owners and consumers so imagine if all of these 5,000 people can actually dictate the product that we're going to launch next year and i think that's a fast fascinating interesting play as well when it comes to infrastructure and web3 in the next coming months and years i love that and i love that you know, it being a community first product, I'm sure folks who want to add modifications or different accessories to the hardware, it's, it's encouraged. It's not like Apple where it's very discouraged, you know, sort of third party um, cases and things are getting excluded or, you know, not showcased. So I do love the the thought of evolving with the product and really using it and seeing um, where there could be improvements and, you know, working with you guys to make it better. Yeah, shout out to Marvin. He joined. I know Marvin is working hard on the contracts for Saturday. So Marvin, if you want to jump in and give a little bit of spill on what's coming. Depends if he's not busy. <laughs> I invited him to speak. We'll see if he, he hops up. Um, I If anyone else wants to speak as well to ask a question, um, just I think there's a like option to raise your hand as um, a speaker so I can let you on there but yeah we'll let Marvin hop in I think he accepted the speaker invite uh, maybe just talking about maybe some of the smart contracts that goes into this because I think this is like very interesting for the developers on this call thinking about you know what is the software behind the social wallet that's new and unique hello I think I'm connected now can you hear me 
Yep. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. I got this email like 30 minutes ago and I only saw it now. Uh, sorry. What was the question? Just, you know, what is sort of the smart contracts going into building Rider? Um, because we know there's a hardware component, but what were some of the new pieces that maybe didn't exist or that are keep, are top of mind to you as a developer that make this really interesting? Uh, I think I think for the writer itself, there are a few components that will utilize a smart contract in some way. Uh, I think the the one that generated the most buzz recently is the uh, the physical NFT component. So uh, with that, you can have a physical object that is tracked by an NFT on chain, but that NFT actually follows along with the physical object, and that goes through scanning. Uh, we can talk about that. Uh, a little bit more later, but the, yes, there's an NF, uh, a smart contract component to that uh, that will make that work. So uh, that's that's one of the smart contracts that will come along with the writer. And there's a few others, like we have some ideas with how you can do uh, hardware-based DAOs, so you can you can vote on governance things using a hardware device. So it's more like a proof of ownership of having a device instead of uh, you know holding and buying tokens. So that's another smart contract component. And then, of course, there's the one uh, related to the pre-sale. So that's an interesting contract that this, uh, that we work together on with Friedger that has some uh, interesting quirks as well, but not particular to hardware. So those are the three. One of the other ones. questions that I have for you guys is just around um, adoption of Rider because, you know, you're obviously selling to the end consumer, but there's a number of maybe existing NFT projects that they want their customers to have access to this or it benefits their communities by having this. Have you gotten much response from NFT projects or uh, folks who already are planning to do things differently because this hardware will exist? Yeah, that's actually a really good question because for Rider we have a really and we have a clear go-to-market strategy and we have initial traction with the two initial products we launched, which is Bitcoin to name, domain names and the prototype for the digital twin NFC tags. Both acts are started up for funnel. But for the pre-sale that we're doing on Saturday, we basically pitched to more than 200 NFT communities. Shout out to the guys. I think they're in the call, Mateus, Wewell, who was actually helping us pitch to all these NFT communities. And the response was just always positive. And they're like, oh, where has it been before? We need it. So for them, you can see that all of these communities are going social. And that's how we approach Web3. We leverage the culture and community to establish our brand and introduce a new product category and become defendable in it. By the end of the day, Rider wants to become the main de facto wallet for LNFT and crypto communities. And yeah, for us going to adoption, um, by the end of the day, we want to become the hard a hardware and user-focused company where experience, ongoing engagement with the community, and iteration based on market feedback rule today. Thank you guys so much for joining us in the call. Um, we'll share some of our notes afterwards. I really appreciate the writer team being here and sharing more about what's going on. I know you guys have a busy few days ahead of you. So I encourage everyone to check it out, um, You know, follow along with their journey. I think it's been really exciting just to see this go from idea. Like even actually everyone on this call could probably go back and look at the original idea proposed as a grant in the Stacks Foundation to building out a company, building out a prototype, 
launching to a really great community. Um, so I'm, I'm very grateful to uh, get to witness the journey, but I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, more people get to use this in the real world too. So thank you guys for joining us and uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Bye-bye.